hello everyone welcome to this tech doctor podcast we are once again back to talk about a wwdc keynote event that took place today and there's a lot to cover so we're gonna get going here quickly but before we start allison it's so nice to be recording with you again how are you I am well, Robert, and I'm so glad to be recording again with you and David. I didn't get a chance to watch the uh, the keynote because I was in a pesky little thing called my job. And so <laughs> a lot of my reactions will be kind of genuine, except for some things that I already know about. So, Well, we've grown to expect genuineness from you over the years, so that doesn't come as a big <laughs> surprise. Dr. Woodbridge, how's life in Australia? Good, good. And as as part of my job, my job is to actually keep up to date with emerging technologies. So I was doing my job since 3am Australian time this morning as we record now. And I haven't stopped listening to meetings and talking to people. So I'm right on the ball today, as it were. Excellent. Well, we just we expect great things from you then because you're so prepared. So excellent. Dream it, chase it, code it was what I heard at the beginning of this um, keynote. And Tim came out and welcomed everyone. Hard to believe, guys, this is the, he said this is the 15th anniversary of the App Store. Been around a long time. And immediately, uh, they jumped into the, the Mac. And uh, they talked a little bit about how Apple Silicon has transformed the Mac, which I 100% agree with. I've got the 13-inch uh, MacBook Air, which I like a lot, and I know you have the the new Silicon uh, MacBook Pro, Allison. I do, and I love it so much. Well, they announced a new 15-inch MacBook Air today, and I think it's going to be very light and very thin, and that doesn't come as any big surprise to anyone. It comes in four different colors. And I think it's going to be a very nice addition to the MacBook line. It also means that they are going to drop the price of the MacBook Air 13-inch by $100. And they're going to start this this MacBook Air. Um, I believe it's going to be available next week. And it's going to start at $12.99 U.S., that's probably about a two or three million dollars in Australian mm-hmm. money. That's the one. <laughs> what, what, what do you think about the the new MacBook Air, David? Um, I'm actually quite impressed by it. I mean, as the Mac keeps growing up and up, I always like the new iterations every time they bring out a new Mac. I mean, I, I, I get a little bit tired saying it's you know they go it's it's XX thin. It's like oh god, not again. Um, but no, I mean, I like the extra, I always like the hearing about the extra ports and the, the better speakers on these Macs. And I think I saw on Twitter um, that even though it's a 15-inch screen, I believe the resolution may be the, the same as the 13. So I don't know if that's true or not. But um, no, I quite I quite like it. And it's, it's one of those things, if you don't have a Mac already um, or you've just bought a new one, nobody says you have to have a new one. But I think the fact that the previous Mac Air is going to be also available gives you a bit of a range to choose from. Yeah, if I bought one, I would probably buy another 13-inch. Mm. A little Same. better price and, uh, you know, uh, mm. it gives me what I want. Go ahead, Allison. 
Yeah, I would too. Um, I would definitely stay with a 13-inch form factor. What's always impressed me about the Macs ever since the Silicon uh, Apple Silicon processors came out is how you can now do so much more with so much less. Mm -hmm. You don't have to uh, max out a machine. I love that you still can. And if you have that kind of money, that's great. But I was able, for example, to get one of the, now it was the higher end, but it was the higher end, you know, base level MacBook Pro and just pick it up in the store that day. And there's nothing that I've thrown at this thing that that I can't do or that slowed it down in any way. It's it's just fantastic. For sure. Well, they moved on then to the uh, Mac Studio. It's getting a, a, a nice upgrade up to the M2 and the M2 Ultra uh, chip. And we also learned that there is now a new Mac Pro. And I'm guessing, David, that you're probably going to get four or five of those just to put in your, your, your home office there so that you can uh, really get your computing work done very quickly, huh? Oh look, ab- absolutely. Why, why, why just have one when you can have six? But the the thing that impressed me about the the Mac Pro, of course, it's got P- PCI um, expansion card slots in them. So I always like the the fact that when they bring out new hardware that you can expand. Hello, Apple. Um, that it really doesn't make a huge difference. And if you've got a business that you've got to stick lots and lots of different things in, like solid state drives or um, hopefully different types of monitor cards and that sort of stuff, then I, I think the Mac, the Mac Pro is absolutely amazing. Yes, it is. And it completes Apple's agreement to go all Apple Silicon with the entire Mac line. So that's kind of a milestone for them. That's finally done. and People can stop complaining that there's no Mac Pro now. That makes me happy. Um, so Tim talked a little bit more about the really excellent integration of hardware and software and then moved right on into iOS 17. And there are some new updates uh, to some phone apps. Uh, Looks like FaceTime messaging uh, are getting quite interesting uh, facelifts. It's going to be fun to see how some of this stuff works with voiceover some of it sounds pretty visual like the posters but it looks like there's some there are some solid things coming here um any any thoughts david about this introduction of uh, ios 17 and and what's here um look i think it's a I didn't think it was an amazingly astounding update. I think it was a bit of a a, a feature set improvement overall. So to me, it, it could have been a 16.8 type improvement. I, I don't really think it deserved to be a 17 point whatever. Um, but the improvements they've made are really, really good ones. And the one that sort of stood out for me in all the iOS 17 stuff I guess was the the live message one where you could you know you could check who was calling you, and you could, because you, it would do text to text to speech, so you could actually work out who the person was. Um, yeah, sorry, speech to text. The message as the yeah. person is speaking it right on. The- oh. Yes, yeah, so oh, I like that. Yes, yeah, so I go. Oh, look, it's a spam call. I'll just ignore that one. Yeah. Right. Um, and the other one to me was the. 
um, I guess the, the 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 Siri one, but only in reference to sort of the fact that I really don't care the fact that I don't have to now say HUI Siri, but the, sort of the subset that I was I, th- I always think of Siri is the voice dictation stuff. So because voice dictation for me over the last year or two has been getting absolutely appalling. Um, I don't know what's happened to it, but the fact that they actually definitely said that uh, the dictation was better, then that to me was a really, really good thing. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping is if there aren't a ton of new things, will there hopefully be a ton of bug fixes and things that need to be taken care of in iOS? That's what I'm hoping. I sure hope so. Yeah. I don't even care if if this isn't as impressive in terms of features if they if they kind of tune it back up a little bit and make it, you know, the iOS of old in terms of it clearly being the gold standard for especially for for those of us who are blind. Yeah, for sure. Well, they they've done an update to AirDrop. We're going to be able to just get your phone close to someone else's phone if you want to exchange contact information. Nice. And you can also do that apparently with the Apple Watch. Mm, so that's lovely. I mm. think that's a nice addition and a nice Yeah. Addition. They say that text input is going to be a lot more intelligent. It's going to be a lot mm-hmm. better at figuring out what it is you're trying to say, and it's not going to make so many mistakes. So the predictive text works well. That's going to be of benefit to all of us, I think. Yes. Mm-hmm. Apparently it's going to learn our favorite phrases and know how to correctly <laughs> interpret them. <laughs> That'll be nice because at the moment it's, a, it's a, it, can I just say it's a very American. It's like, listen, mate, Australians don't talk that way. I want some Australian lingo in here. I just blasted American <laughs> yeah. rubbish. Jeez. Well, there's a new app called Journal, which is going to pull from your daily activities and help you construct meaningful journal entries. I have no idea how that's going to go. It seems like they keep trying these things where they use built in machine learning on the phone to help you do all kinds of things. So we'll see how journaling works out. It's not a huge game changer in my book, but it's an interesting thing they're doing. Oh, come on, Robert. As an ex-psychologist, can you ever be an ex-psychologist? Aren't you, doesn't this sort of like get to your sort of your warm and fuzzy elbow thing? Because this is about, you know, experiencing your life and writing down the, about your life and how you're feeling and what dreams you have in the future. <laughs> it makes my heart pitter-pat a little bit. but at the Excellent. Same, That's better. Thank you. But at the same time, they, they're mm. doing more uh, with, with mental health, which we'll get to mm. a little later on, which uh, yep. I am happy about. They're doing more to add mental health and uh, mindfulness together. There's going to be a new standby mode, which I can't see how it's going to help voiceover users but you can charge your phone turn it on the side and have it display Mm. widgets during the night so you can check the weather and do things like that that's what your apple watch does in effect when you put your apple watch on charge on its its side that's the same the standby mode's the same thing basically that your apple watch does yeah i don't know if i have any charging devices that actually let me put my phone on its side well you better get out and get one Okay. Start using your Apple products appropriately. I understand. Just <laughs> because you're blind is no excuse, mate. That's how we play this game, isn't it? Yep. Okay. 
All right, so then I think we um, moved on into iPad OS, and we're not going to spend a lot of time on this unless you guys have more than I have, but they're adding uh, widgets to the lock screen and to the home screen, and I guess kind of bringing the iPad up to par with a lot of things that they've done on the iPhone already. Any thoughts about any of that, either of you? I mean, that's nice and that's great and everything. And I'm sure for the people who use an iPad, it'll be a wonderful thing. Um, I have a work iPad that I use basically to punch in and out of the time clock because it's the only way the time clock is accessible. Other than that, I I pretty much ignore the iPad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, for me, the fact that was the, you could actually use the health app on the iPad now, I thought that was a a really good feature. So the fact they've imported it now from iOS to iPadOS, I think it's a really great improvement. Surprising that that wasn't done a long time ago, but yeah, I kind of assumed, I just kind of assumed it was there and that I'd missed it. Yeah. I think it's going to be a lot easier to, for people to review their health records and so forth. If they can have them on a large screen like that. Mm. Yep. It's also very good for, for for seniors because if you've got poor vision in particular, the, the bigger the screen that you can look at, the better off you are. So I think that's really, really important. Yeah, one thing they spent a fair amount of time on, and I'm curious to get your take on this, David, they talked about how there's going to be much improved PDF support on the iPad, and it's going to be able to do a lot better about recognizing uh, different fields and forms and helping you. Well, they talked about using the Apple Pencil to fill in forms and things like that, but it sounded like it's going to be a, a lot more robust uh, PDF file support. Yeah, that started to scare me a little bit because I just thought, oh, God, here we go again. Let's do more improvements. At the same time, you wonder how much work they've done behind the scenes for, quote, accessibility, unquote. Mm-hmm. Because as we all know, previewing PDF files on iOS and, and Mac OS is still a bit sort of how's your father type thing because it's not it's not quite there yet. And when I compare it to you know what you can dreadfully do on Windows with different screen readers, then I still think the Mac Mac and iOS have got a, a way to go yet. I mean, you can. You can basic do basic navigation, but for example, I can't effectively navigate by headings. No. I can't activate or interact with tables properly. I can't do lots of things that I can do on Windows that I can't do on the Mac and or iOS. So I just hope when they were talking about all this collaboration stuff in PDF files on the iPad, that they also thought, oh, well, look, while we're doing all those improvements, let's um, update the accessibility stuff as well. I hope so too. Then we moved on to Mac OS. And we're getting a new Mac oh, operating goodness. system. Yes, plus the new name. <laughs> with, 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 Let me slide now. With a brand new name called Sonoma. So, oh, he doesn't like it. I live in Sonoma <laughs> County in California, so I love the name. <laughs> it seemed like they were a little bit... Um, didn't have quite as much to talk about here. I mean, they talked about, mm. you know, that they're, they're going to be new uh, screensaver, uh, new screensavers for the desktop. And uh, they're going to, they're going to do it, bring a lot more widgets to the Mac. There's going to be a widget gallery. Mm. And I'm not sure 
quite how all that will work out from a voiceover perspective. But if the widgets work well, I can see some advantage to, to having easier access to certain things. Any thoughts about any of that? Well, I thought I quite, actually was quite impressed by some of the updates. Like, I, I would love to use some of my iPhone widgets off my phone onto my Mac. And the one that caught my attention is because I I keep going on and on about karate at the moment because I spend a lot of time doing karate training every single day. And I, I got told off last week at karate. They said, maybe you do a bit too much, David. Maybe a little bit of throttle back a bit. But I just thought, if I can get my fitness widget onto my Mac... That'd be really interesting. Oh, yeah. The one that really caught my attention now on the Mac OS was the fact that you can turn a web page into a web app. And why that's significant is because, let's say, for example, I was on, I don't know, apple.com and I wanted to think, oh, well, look, I'm just going to make it into an application. I can do that. So I can add it to my dock. When I launch it, it then becomes a web app in the fact that I can command tab to it. So it comes up like a normal application on my, my Mac Finder system. So that to me was actually quite exciting. So I'm really looking forward to the web app and the, the new improved widgets overall. Because the thing that I didn't like about the widgets in general is that you've always got to go to the notification center to access your widgets, where now you can actually mm-hmm. use your widgets or access them via the desktop. Yeah. So to me, that's another huge improvement. So it, I just got the feeling that the, the changes they're made are, are going to make the, what's the word for it, less inaccessible stuff that I've always wanted to do on the Mac before, more accessible from just the general user point of view. Yeah, and that's very good news. I, I think I understand this right, that, that the web apps are a Safari feature. Correct. Let, let's hope Safari begins to work really well with, with voiceover. Yes, my goodness. That is let's, still yeah, well, Let's also have the fact that Safari, Let's let's have the fact that Safari starts behaving better than better than it's actually used to, because when I have to use a serious website, I still go to Chrome still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it well, it takes multiple browsers on, yes. on the Mac sometimes, and in Windows and everywhere else. Mm. To try, yeah, try to get the it's not just done. a Mac thing. No, it's not. But it's unfortunate because it's more than a lot of people are are willing and able to manage. Yes. Well, let's move on to the audio and home experiences. We we are um, going to. They talked a, a little bit about AirPods, and there's going to be something called adaptive audio, which blends transparency mode and noise canceling mode, and uh, allows you to do some pretty interesting things. Like, for example, when you start speaking. As in the, the the AirPods realize you're talking to someone, it will automatically lower the volume for you, so you can hear what the person is saying. And that may be a I wouldn't go so far as saying a marriage saver, but it sure <laughs> might help my marriage a little bit. <laughs> hey, Robert, Robert, stop! Will you listen to me? Yeah. Of course, I'm listening. What did you say again? What did you say? Well, TJ and I both wear AirPods a lot, and often it's the AirPods Max. So, yeah, I could see this being really helpful for us. Yeah, I think it will be. (laughs) They say that now uh, you're going to be able to easily mute and unmute the uh, microphones. For example, Mm. when you're on a phone call with some sort of 
tap on the button gesture. I was uncomfortable. Oh, very cool. But that's badly needed because it's hard to find yes. that mute button. Oh, on, yeah. On the phone sometimes. Mm-hmm. Airplay is going to be more seamless. And uh, we're going to be able to um, hopefully have it learn when we like to do airplay for certain times in certain rooms, like when we're cooking uh, airplay in the kitchen. And so we'll see how well all that works. And uh, Siri's going to be able to start your airplay sessions for you. Nice. (laughs) Sorry, I had to chuckle. You're not so confident in that one, are you? No, I'm not confident in that, no. They're going because what go ahead. Sorry, what got me out of this? I mean, we'll probably talk about it to the end, Robert, a little bit more. But what got me out of the whole keynote, there was not one mention of the two words artificial intelligence. No, no, that's not where Apple's going with this. Hmm. They don't like that term, they don't. There's going to be now airplay support in certain hotels where you can scan a QR code and play that big screen TV in your hotel room to your AirPods using AirPlay audio. I don't know how many hotels are going to support it, but it's coming. That's what they're telling us. And AirPlay is now going to support SharePlay in your car so that the teenagers Hmm. can all fight about what song is going to be played. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, I guess I guess it's a good feature that you can let uh, different things be played by different people in your car. Or maybe you can all listen to the same thing if you can agree on it. That's about all I got on on uh, this one, the entertainment area. Anything else anybody want to add? Well, the other big one was the fact that you can now, via the continuity camera, you can actually use your iPhone or iPad camera as a camera to your big Apple TV, to your big screen in the house via Apple TV. So if you're getting into a WebEx conference, a Zoom conference, a Microsoft Teams conference, a FaceTime conference, um, you can have it up on the big screen now. So I think for that sort of stuff, that's going to be absolutely amazing. So I think that's a that's a that's a really good improvement. So you yes. can turn your your Apple TV into a live streaming system now if your big television set. Yes, and you can also they say now use your iPhone to find your Apple TV remote. So oh, that's handy. I don't know. How oh, I missed that one. Hmm. How it works, but they say that you're going to be able to do that. And I must have fallen asleep for that bit. <laughs> it, it went by pretty fast. Oh, okay. So hmm. now let's move on to Watch OS. And it looks to me like the big thing here is widgets are coming to the watch in a big way. And I think they're going to really start pushing the use of widgets more hmm. than the traditional complications. Although I don't know that they're necessarily taking complications away. I'm not quite sure how that's going to work, but it looks like there's going to be the potential for using the digital crown to scroll through different items in widgets like the weather forecast and things like that. Do you have any information about any of this watchOS stuff, David? Do you know any more about it than what they said in the keynote? Not not really, but what gets me is that they started talking about, what they're really talking about is almost like the original glances that used to be in the original watch operating system, which was sort of like the the previous version of widgets. So they've sort of gone back a little bit to glances because with glances, 
what you could do is on one widget, you could then scroll the digital um, crown to go between different things inside that particular widget. Yeah. Um, so it's sort of like the way you've got stacked widgets on your iPhone. That's sort of the same idea on the on the other watch. So I thought, oh, well, that's good because, I mean, I'd, I'd love more sort of interactive widgets on my Apple Watch anyway because I've got the Ultra. Um, hopefully the, the fact that it's got a bigger screen, I can fit more widgets on and have more fun with it without having to go to the um, apps screen. The other thing that they didn't talk about was there was a, there was a lot of um, gossip around the fact that we're going to do a completely different display area. So at the moment we've got grids and lists. Uh, for your app display, and I thought that was going to completely going to change, but it seems what they were really talking about was just the widgets were changing, rather than the overall display on the on the the app display itself. Yeah, I didn't get the impression that the the redesign mm. was as extensive as what the rumors had said. So, I think honestly, that's probably a good thing. Mm. I'm not less sure. alone. It would depend on how it was redesigned, but I think it's going to still work. Quite similar. No, and that's and and then, then that's when we had the, the your beloved area, Robert, about uh, mental health. Yes, I was just I at was the actually... mental health area, which really does there you go a, a warm and fuzzy glow. There's going thank to you. Now, there's going to now be the ability to log your emotions and feelings in the mindfulness app, and you can get some real ideas about kind of how you're doing. They can take some assessments on your level of anxiety, your level of depression, and it can make recommendations. If based on those assessments, it feels that more, you know, more help is needed and probably offer you some suggestions on how to get the help that you need. And I'm all about that. I think that's great for mental health. That is amazing because so often people are, are, are hesitant for various reasons to, to talk about mental health with another person but doing it on something friendly like your iphone i mean i this could save lives i'm so excited about this i think it's good they talked some about there's a a new focus on vision no pun intended with with this app on myopia which uh, they were talking about it is something that happens primarily get starts in childhood, and so they're gonna mm-hmm. they're gonna be tracking uh, the the amount of light that children are getting during the day, which apparently has an effect on the development of myopia, mm-hmm. and uh, they're going to be able to do some things to help people monitor their level of eye strain and things like that. So, pr- pretty couple pretty interesting initiatives there in the health area. Well, so Robert, I was just cheating. I was reading some stuff on accessibility. <laughs> Sorry, you, you, you were you were reading stuff on accessibility. You, you were not. You were, I just had somebody from Apple email me some more stuff about something I'm going to talk about very so, shortly on accessibility for a particular product. So, so sorry about that. I was be, I, I, it, I I heard the magic words and I got totally distracted. It be good. It better be good stuff. The fact that it took it, your it, attention it, away from this podcast, which I is indeed <laughs> what you well, look, should. You be and Allison were talking so well. I thought they won't notice if I just okay. pop off for a minute. All right, fair enough. All right, sounds good. I, I get it. It's, it's a busy day. There's a lot going on. Let, let's move on into the Tim Cook's One More Thing, which was the augmented reality new AR platform with a new product. And David, why don't you, since you have 
ear to the ground information. <laughs> Why don't you talk a little bit about this Apple Vision Pro okay. product? Okay, so of course we're talking about the new Vision Pro, and this is the the mixed reality headset from Apple. Now um, they didn't mention anything about accessibility in the keynote. Um, they did mention accessibility in the State of the Union presentation that I just got off um, inside the developer app that you've got access to if you're a developer. Um, so I just finished listening to that. Plus for both of those sessions, I was on iMessage with the person that I've worked with for Apple for the last 15 years. And um, I kept saying, can you just double check with the mothership about this and that, the other thing, because we're in Australia. Um, and the reason why I got distracted just then was the fact that um, she emailed me the fact that the the developer uh, documentation has been updated to make um, accessible Vision Pro um, spaces and environments accessible for everyone, including voiceover, point of control, Yay. and so on. So whilst they didn't specifically mention accessibility in the um, in the keynote, it was extensively talked about in the union. And like I said, there's there's documentation that's being updated, keeping in mind that this stuff's not going to hit the market until mid-next year in the US and then later on the rest of the world. But by the sounds of it, uh, they've done a really, 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 really amazing job. I mean, this thing's got, I can't remember the exact specifications, but seven cameras in it. It's got LiDAR. Um, it's got other sensors. It's got eye tracking. Um and I was doing another podcast um, for work for Vision Australia this morning and somebody went, aha, it's got eye tracking. Absolutely, that's really bad for people that are vision impaired uh, to some extent because, of course, we don't have eye tracking to some extent. And I said, well, when you think about it, you think about fa the, the face ID. There's an option in there that says um, your face ID requires you to look at the camera. Now, for blind people... If the software determines that you've got voiceover turned on, that's deactivated by default. You can turn it back on again if you like. So I'll be assuming that if you turn voiceover on the Vision Pro, it goes, okay, so you're a blind person. We're going to avoid, we're going to assume that you're not going to be doing anything if your eyes, such as gazing or tracking your eyes around on the screen, that's going to be on these little LED screens in front of your eyes. So we'll turn that off. And therefore you can just use voice, voice command gestures siri or you can use your hand gestures and again the hand gestures have already been around to some extent already so for example um i think it was with ios or the ipad os when you're in a zoom meeting for example you can do a thumbs up you know hold your thumbs up in front of you doing a thumbs up and that'll be recognized as a gesture on the software to come up and do that on the screen or remember, we also have hand gestures already for the um, the Apple Watch. So you can go, you can go backwards and forwards. You can do a home function, all that sort of stuffs already by doing hand gestures on the Apple Watch anyway. So that's nothing new. So we've got all these existing things already to do with complete voice control, do complete um, voiceover, Siri, voice dictation. And it's not going to take much to imagine that they can do lots of other things with spatial audio, object recognition, LIDARs in there. We've already got door detection. We've already got people detection. We've already got optical character recognition. When you think about it, this thing's going to be almost like using your camera on your iPhone 
much more extensively, but you're wearing it. So yes. um, I think the fact that it's got a huge amount of potential is going to be really amazing. And, and I quite agreed with, um, you know, when they said was, you know, when the iPhone came out, <clears throat> it was all about multi-touch. Um, this one's all about your environment and space and visual mm -hmm. stuff and augmentative reality and everything else that goes with that. So I, th I think this is really amazing. And I was sort of starting to feel a little bit sad, so to speak, for people like uh, the Envision folks, the RX Vision and the Orcam folks, because this is just going to go far beyond what, what those products can already do with people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not only that, but th it's – it's a product that is not a set of glasses. It's more like a very comfortable goggle type uh, device, but it has, hmm. um, you know, it, it has many different components to it that a lot of the other devices just have not quite been able to to live up to at this point. So <clears throat> I think Apple has done again. They've looked at an area and they've made something better than what's currently out there. That that's that's my take on it. So exciting to me! It almost sounds like that when this hits the market, once the right combination of apps um, are developed for it for us, um, it it feels like it'll be the closest thing to vision that maybe you or I, especially Robert, have have ever ex experienced david i know you saw before a bit but yeah i mean it's it's i'm just i'm so so eager to give this a try yeah and and i th i think that you know we can't even imagine yet what that development is going to look like we don't there are going to be things that that we can do that we can experience that we haven't even thought of yeah so i think it's it's a an something that Apple has been working toward for years and years and all the uh, advances they made in audio technology with the AirPods and the HomePods and, and, and all the other areas they've made advances that they, they are putting it, pulling it all together in this product. And they just made it real clear that that's, mm. this has been a process that has been evolving. And this is right now, one of the biggest evidences that we've seen of the outcome of, of that evolution over the years. Mm. What, what do you think? And when you think about it, too, when you think about it too, is that those cameras know where you are because you've got things like accelerometer, gyroscope, and everything else. It knows your head position. Um, the cameras, I've heard they were saying that the cameras point down, point up, and that sort of stuff. So it completely knows where you are in your environment, it knows what's around you, it knows the distance to objects. I mean, you really couldn't ask for anything better. As a blind person, I had to chuckle when all these sighted journalists were whinging about the fact, it's like, oh, what, seven, three and a half thousand dollars US? Nobody in their right mind's gonna buy one of those things. I thought, hey dude, how about you try our world and, and think about stuff that costs between, you know, seven to ten thousand dollars or more. Right. And yeah, we, we buy it because we have to. Yeah. Like, yeah, get on the bus. Yeah, it, it really, it really does come down to what your perspective is, I guess. But it is exciting. It's going to be uh, coming out sometime next year. Um, there's been a lot of talk about how to power the thing. I don't fully understand. I think there is a battery pack that you will, at least for now, need to carry in your pocket. 
Um, you, you know, do you know any more details about about any any of the technical parts of it, David? I'm not sure there's much else to cover, really. Um, not that I know I can officially talk about yet. So um, if I find out more, we, we might even do a follow-up um, okay. tech doctor. But I, the problem with this morning is I don't know how much I'm actually allowed to talk about at the moment because the person didn't tell me what I could and what I couldn't say. So at the moment, I'm just assuming I can't. Okay. <laughs> Because right. I, I don't want to, I don't want to get him. Like, what did you say on a particular podcast? Or no, did I say something? So when when in doubt, I'll just say what's currently available in the public. And um, sure. th- there is a lot of information else coming out. That's why I've been a bit distracted this morning because there's lots of information coming about accessibility for the Vision Pro. Sure. Um, so yeah, I might be another about a week or two until I get to the bottom of everything properly, and but then we the might even news- do a follow up. The good news here is, even if we can't talk about specifics at this point, there's already evidence just hours after the keynote that that accessibility is an important component of this new product. We we can say that, right? Oh, absolutely. And look, that that was even the union. I mean, they had one of the main guys in the engineering team at Cupertino that said right up the front that um, you know. Accessibility is one of our core things, and of course, with the Vision, with the Vision Pro, we haven't forgotten it. And then another person did a presentation on talking how about the there are other there are going to be lots of accessibility APIs in the system because I think you know when the Apple Watch came out, and I think when the iPad came out, or maybe when they originally talked about the iPhone 3GS. Everybody gets a bit panicky and they think, oh, accessibility. Surely Apple's going to drop the ball this time, and they haven't, and they won't. No. So, you know, exactly. it's it's promising all around. It's very promising and very exciting and a little bit of an odd position for us as podcasters to be in because it's brand new and we don't know a lot of detail, but we know enough to know that, at least in my opinion, it's just becoming clearer and clearer that good things are coming. So all we can say is stay tuned. Indeed. That's about all I got for uh, this keynote and what happened today. And we'll be following up. Like you said, David, I think that will be important to do because we don't have the details right now. But wow, what what a fun time next year is going to be. I'm confident of that. Uh, Alice, well, any, any final thoughts? Well, that's basically what I was thinking too. I can't wait till this time next year. I mean, the the um, the the rest of the keynote was was you know solid but ordinary, but this was just the extraordinary, and that's what Apple is is so known for, and kind of what people were maybe a little bit critical of that that in the past um, several keynotes there haven't been any. There hasn't really been that that wow, Apple just changed the world again moment. Well, now you've got that, folks. So like, just stay tuned and, and you know, it's the future. It's, it's, it's such an amazing time to be alive. It really is. How about you, David? Look, I, I, I think overall all the stuff that they've made changes for, I mean, I you know, I know at the beginning I said that I wasn't particularly impressed. I mean, there were sort of feature things rather than everything amazing. But I think when you add them up all together, um, they make a huge impact like most feature updates to Apple do. So across the whole thing of iPhone, iPad, Mac, HomePod, Apple TV, 
um, AirPlay, FaceTime, all that sort of stuff. It, it, it all brings it together in a very sort of holistic, productive way. And I think the, the, the Vision Pro, when that hits next year, it's just going to take personal and portable computing to a complete new level because what they didn't, they didn't say at all was, um, you know, because you can run all your iPhone and your iPad compatible apps. There'll be a specific app store section for the Vision Pro and compatible iPhone and iPad apps will run on it. So, you know, start thinking about the Sing AI app, for example, um, the Envision app, for another example, the Cache Reader app and all those sort of ones, barcode reading, QR code reading and so on. Um, so, and then the fact that, you know, we're still we're probably going to have iOS um, 18 before this thing hits the market. So, if this is a you know a preliminary alpha beta testing thing for Vision Pro, then goodness me, what's going to happen with the software and other APIs that come on board when the developers really start getting their fingers and mice and everything else stuck into the code? I think it's going to be pretty spectacularly amazing. So if it's already amazing this year, it's going to be even more amazing next year. And um, I, I proudly, Robert, haven't bought anything for six months. So maybe I can quite happily say to my wife, wife, I haven't bought anything now for at least 18 months. A mere three and a half, three and a half thousand US is just going to be a drop in the bucket. <laughs> Um, you've got no problem if I buy one of those, have you? Because I haven't bought anything for 18 months now, so I'm already getting my rational argument ready to go. Excellent. And I'm quite sure you can happily say that to her, but what I want to know is what she happily says back. Yeah. That's, yeah. A, that's, that's, right. that's what I want to know too. That's what I want to know. Anyway, but we'll, 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 we'll soon find out. So, so stay tuned. That'll be, a new, yeah. that'll be a new part of my life in 2024. I'm also going to try and get my hands on it beforehand anyway so um and if i'm allowed to talk about it early next year i can i can do that as well but i, I haven't even asked apple yet though so that's a that's a, one of those things like please 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 i've been a faithful user and test of your products for all this time surely even if i have to come down to apple sydney can i just have a bit of a you know just a real play with the you know the prototype whatever it is so that's what i'll be angling for anyway next in, in the upcoming six to 12 months or so Sounds great. And I think we have covered it as best we can at the moment. So I am just going to bring this to a close and stay tuned, folks. We'll be back with more information as it comes available. This is Robert, one of the tech doctors, and I'll say so long for now. And this is Allison, one of the tech doctors, saying bye, everyone. Uh, this is David Woodbridge. Wish that I could find somebody with a Harry Potter time turner because I want I want my Vision Pro now. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Goodbye, everybody. everybody. So long.